the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ up here in Cave Creek, Arizona. And if you were up here in this area, last night you saw a big storm blow in. I had a tie-down bikes, tie-down slides, and everything was blowing away, and everything was blowing into my pool. And so we uh, had fun dealing with that. I had a few limbs blown over, but we did get a lot of rain and. And this has been a good season, at least I think. I haven't looked it up on the news, but I think this has been a good season for rain, and I hope it continues. We, we definitely need the rain, and it helps cool things off. So let's uh, continue our prayers to the Lord and be thankful for all that he gives us here in our great state of Arizona. Well, there's a lot of things uh, going on here up at North Valley. We uh, have the vac- our vacation Bible school coming up starting Let's see, today is Tuesday, so tomorrow night from 6 to 8 in the evening, also Thursday and Friday in the the evening, 6 to 8, and then Saturday morning with a barbecue at the end, we have our Vacation Bible School. And our theme this year is Journeys Through the Bible. And we don't do a major, big production like a lot of other places. We keep it simple. Our goal is to teach the Word and some moral principles from the Bible for the kids to have fun and to learn and memorize Scripture. And we hope they come away with a better, not only a better understanding of Scripture, but an appreciation for God's Word. And that's the ultimate goal we have during our Vacation Bible School time. So if you're interested in that and you want to know more about it, please uh, feel free to give me a call here at the North Valley Congregation. My number is 480-818-3807. And after that, of course, you know, August is here. Some of you, I think, have already started school, and for others it starts this week or next week. I have uh, my kids are starting school for the first time next week, and uh, they're excited about it. I'm excited about it, and my wife is nervous about it. I think she just is is going to miss the children being gone in the mornings. But it, it will be a good thing, good experience for them, and we're excited to be to have this in, in their lives. We are in a, in a good good area for school. What else do we have going on? Let's see, uh, after this, uh, August, September. In September, we have a lot of things going on up at the Copper Basin Bible Camp. That's in Prescott, Arizona. And i tell you what, I know I mentioned it quite a bit, but in case you've never heard about it or you don't know much about Copper Basin Bible Camp, it's about 10 minutes outside of the main city of Prescott, Arizona. And if you uh, go down Copper Basin Road off of Mount, uh, Montezuma, there's a Safeway grocery store. And you go up that road about 10 minutes from there. So you're real close to a grocery store in town. It's not that far away. 
It's up in the mountains. It's away from everything. It's a cool environment, and it's really cheap to go up there. If you want to take some time and have a place to camp, that's it. That's a great place to go. And If you want to know more about that, that's uh, you can go to CopperBasinBibleCamp.org and, and learn more and find out about the pricing and, and availability. Well, and in September, we have some things going on all almost, well, I think it's almost every weekend. Uh, the first weekend or second weekend in September, we have the ladies' retreat up there. That's on a Friday and Saturday. I think it may be just Friday. I think it's Friday and Saturday. And then after that, the next uh, weekend on Saturday, we have the annual barbecue. After that, we got the men's retreat. That's a Friday and Saturday. And then that's September, and then October, we have a uh, nothing going on. And then November, the first weekend in November, tackling the text. It's a Thursday night, all day Friday, where we study through a book of the Bible. We'll be looking at the first half of Hebrews with Guy Orbison Jr. You get a commentary, and we get to go over the notes. It's a great time, great fellowship. We learn a lot about God's Word. And if you want to know about all these things, just go to CopperBasinBibleCamp.org, and you can learn all about that there. All right, well, today I want us to take a look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. You know, on Sunday afternoons, uh, every once in a while, I I go with uh, Theo Jones. He is a minister here at North Valley. Uh, Also, um, he he does a lot of uh, good works for us throughout the valley. And one of those works is a a senior care center at Belmont. It's right off of Frank Lloyd Wright, just south of... um, what is it, Clearwater, or I can't think of that name. But you, you get off the 101, go down Frank Lloyd Wright, and uh, I can't think of that name. Maybe it's Rain Tree. Anyway, it's off of Frank Lloyd Wright there in North Scottsdale. We have several members who are there. Uh, Chuck Hoff, uh, uh, um, can't think of their man, can't think of their names. Uh, there's, a, there's a few folks who, who are in that care center. And we have a afternoon worship center, or worship time, there for them, and Theo always heads that up, and I was there with him Sunday Sunday afternoon about 3 o'clock, and he gave a a simple lesson from Luke chapter 10. This is uh, the section where you have the good Samaritan. We all know that story, I I think. That's uh, Even though the the text doesn't actually say the good Samaritan, that's something we give, but it's so well known, and as Theo pointed out in his lesson, even we today we have hospitals all over the country, I think even in the world, called Good Samaritan, you know, the, the hospital, that's the name of it, the Good Samaritan. And what this story is about is about showing compassion and showing mercy. But there was something in there that um, I always thought was interesting about the word neighbor, and he brought something up about that that I thought was very interesting. And I want to share that with you today as well as look over the story here in Luke chapter 10. And I want us to start by just reading... Uh, starting in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. The text reads, And a lawyer stood up and put him, that's Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? Now let's stop there for a moment. Now this is a lawyer now, a lawyer back then is not the way we understand lawyers today. In our minds, you know, lawyers are people who prosecute or defend us, and they know the law of the land. And in this case, you know, this, I mean, he, is, he knows law, but he really knows the, 
the law given by by God to uh, to Moses. And really, they would have probably the entire five books memorized. He would know the law. Jesus knows this. So he asked this question, and so Jesus pretty much asked him, okay, well, what do you what do you read in the law? What does the law say? How do you uh, inherit eternal life? How does it read to you? And the man's uh, answer is really, in my mind, this is phenomenal. Any uh, uh, most of the people in that time, with the way they saw who they thought who they thought Jesus was, to answer this way was phenomenal. And he answered, verse twenty-seven: "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself." And Jesus said to him, "You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live." Now, the answer he gave there in verse 27, uh, if you have uh, the, the Bible has uh, Old Testament quotes and caps, the whole thing in that quote, you shall love your, uh, the Lord your God and all the way to and your neighbor as yourself, all in caps. But though that, that, that whole phrase is not found all in one spot in the Old Testament. The first part, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. That's found in Deuteronomy 6.5. The second part, and your neighbor as yourself, is found in Leviticus 19, verse 18. Completely separate. And really, when you look at that whole section over there uh, in Leviticus 19, it's talking about how you treat those who live in, in, um, in Israel, in Leviticus 19, how you treat people, who, your, your fellow brothers and sisters, the fellow Hebrews. And then later on, towards the end of chapter 19, it talks about in all men, even those who are strangers and aliens, you treat them with love and respect. And um, for him to connect these two together, that's pretty smart. The guy's a lawyer. He's an expert in the law. And this really shows that he is. And so Jesus tells him there in verse 28, good, you've answered right. That's exactly it. Do this and you'll live. So what else do you need? And so that pretty much ends it, ends the conversation. But verse 29, wishing to justify himself, he said to, his, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, I want us to look at that word neighbor. Now, in my mind, I've always just thought, okay, Neighbor is just, you know, anyone, just as Jesus described it for us here in Luke 10 with the Good Samaritan story uh, parable. And so I, that's the way my mind works. Now, if you're more worldly in our day and age, you may think of neighbor as just those people who live nearby you, right across the street or right beside you in some way or another, but not the person who lives further down. They're, they're not your neighbor because neighbors are right next to you. And for the Jew... When you look back in the Old Testament, look at the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew word translated as neighbor here in my New American Standard Bible literally means, excuse me, fellow companion. And they only saw it, <coughs> excuse me, they only saw it as their fellow Israelites, the fellow Jews, and no one else. And remember from, if you ever read the uh, Sermon on the Mount or when we've gone over that here on our program, um, sorry, my mind. Okay, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, uh, "You have." Ah, I apologize. My mind went. 
blank. This is what I get for doing my radio program right next to my computer. Little things pop up sometimes. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And my mind goes somewhere else. And so, what I'm, okay, what I'm talking about is when Jesus... <laughs> okay, so you know, this, this sort of thing happens. Distractions. We have them all around us, don't we? But we just get distracted so easily. And so that's what happened to me. I apologize. In the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was talking about, you have heard that it was said of old, you will, you shall love uh, your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, right? In other words, they, they misinterpreted that. And that's what's going on here. I think that a lot of the Jews, love your neighbor as yourself, is simply Jews and hate everyone else. They were wrong. And Jesus wants to help correct the mindset here. And so he offers them this parable, what we call the Good Samaritan, in order to help them see the truth of, the, of what God really wants his people to do. And so, wishing to justify himself, because he doesn't want to look foolish, he said to him, and who is my neighbor? Now, he's an expert of the law. He obviously knows Leviticus 19. Surely he knows the end of Leviticus 19. In fact, let me turn in my Bible over there before we get into the rest of the story here and read to you what he has to already know in his mind. Now here's where he's quoting from, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It comes from Leviticus 19, verses 17 and 18, and it reads like this. You shall not hate your fellow, fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now when you just read that, it sounds like, and it's saying, he's talking about the sons of your people, your brothers and sisters there within the Hebrew, the Israelite realm. Now let's... um. Let's drop down here. Do, 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 do. Where is it at? Um, oh, there goes my thing. And we're going to uh, read. Uh, let's just keep reading. But I know it says it's right here. When you enter the land forbidden the fifth year, you shall not... Ah, yeah, here it is, right at the, just like I said, at the very end. So we were looking at Leviticus 19, verses 17 and 18. That's where that quote comes from. But when you read on, we're going to skip the stuff in between and get down here to verse 33 and 34. Here's what it continues to say. When a stranger resides with you in your land. Now, he's, this is God talking to the Israelites. So the stranger is anyone who's not an Israelite. When a stranger resides with you in your land... You shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. Love him as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the whole of Leviticus 19, when you look at the whole... He's talking about all men. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so when Jesus mentions it here, also in Matthew 22, when Paul brings it up in Romans 13, also when Paul brings it up in Galatians 5, 
James has it in James 2.8, um, and, and Mark 12, uh, Luke 10, Matthew 22, Matthew 19, all over. You are seeing this repeated over and over again. It's talking about all men. It's, we are, our, our neighbor is who? Anybody. And so we enter into the parable in verse 30. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But when a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, and felt he felt compassion, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, this is the, the lawyer, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Oof. Great parable, great illustration, great everything. He is uh, the great physician who heals all things. Boy, that's great. And so let's go through this. So imagine yourself uh, as this person who gets beat up. So you're going from Jerusalem to Jericho down this road. And probably the road that Jesus has in mind and maybe that the audience is thinking of as well is a road called the Bloody Road. And it's called that because everyone knows you, there's a chance you could get robbed or beat up or hurt. You don't go by yourself down this road. You better take protection and multiple people with you. Well, this guy apparently doesn't do that. Maybe he didn't know. Who knows? Doesn't matter. He goes down that way, and these robbers come along, beat him up, leave him half dead, take his belonging. He's laying there in the road, maybe with his eyes closed in pain, and he can hear someone coming. He, he kind of opens his eyes, and he looks. <gasps> Look at that. Here comes a priest. Now, now, what's a priest? This is a man who serves God. Here's a man of God coming. Surely he will stop and help me. Oh, I'm in such dire need here. And what does he do? He walks along on the other side. Now, what happened is this man, this priest, just missed a great opportunity to extend mercy, and to show compassion. Why? God is love. And also that commandment, love your neighbor. But no. No, he's too busy. He's got other things to do. And he doesn't have time to stop and deal with these things. And on he walks. After a while, the man, half dead on the side of the road, here's another person walking along. Opens his eyes a little bit, and he sees a Levite. A Levite. Here's, here's a man that is totally dedicated to the Lord. The priest didn't stop, but surely the Levite will. I mean, man, this man is the, the mouthpiece of God. And so here it is. Here he comes. Will he stop? As the man approaches, 
He see, maybe he he had to have seen because he passes well by on the other side. Can't stop. I got more important things to do, and misses a great opportunity to show compassion, to really be that light, to be that salt that God wants them to be. And so the Jews, and not just any Jews, the mouthpieces of God, of the Jews, do not stop and do not help this poor man. They don't show the compassion that God requires of them. And along comes a Samaritan. And a Samaritan, if you don't know, they're hated by the Jews. They're considered, or they're not considered, they are, they're half-breeds. They're not full Jews. They were intermarried. They're mixed in with the Assyrians and other people from across the world. And they also worship in the wrong place. They defy the things of God. And so they're hated, hated by the Jews, despised by them. And so here comes this man who is not in a right relationship with God. He's a Samaritan. He's not worshiping in the right place. He's not doing the sacrifices in the right place. He is not in a right relationship with God. Okay? He's not. But, that doesn't mean he can't show compassion. And so, Jesus is saying, look, this guy, the way he acts, this is how I want you, my people, to act. He comes along, he sees the man, and he has compassion. Now, I want to stop here and tell you for a moment. Just because someone in this world shows compassion and love does not mean they're in a right relationship with God. Jesus is not telling people here, hey, look, the Samaritan's not in the right relationship, but God will save you if you show love and do good things. No, he's not in a right relationship, the Samaritan. But he is showing a certain aspect that God wants us to have. Just like with the, uh, the, the shrewd servant. He was not a good person. He was a bad person. But Jesus' point was he wanted you to see the shrewdness there that was going on in his lesson. And so he's doing the same thing here in Luke chapter 10. It's not that he's in a right relationship with the Lord, but what he wants you to see is the compassion. The compassion that the good Samaritan is showing. And that's what that's the, the point here. And so he comes along and he shows compassion. And not just that, he goes out of his way to do it. Even even incurs a, a debt upon himself, not wanting it for it to be repaid, but just to take care of the man. And that's the kind of compassion that Jesus says, I want my people to have for all men. For all men. If you are going to be a disciple of mine, do this. Do that. That's the kind of compassion. I want you to have. Now, in other passages, I think it's the Mark passage, the man really, uh, in fact, let me let me turn over. I think it's a, uh, do I have it listed here? I think I do. Mark chapter 12, 28. Let me see if that's it. I think that's it. Um, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, it says, one of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, What commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. 
The scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have truly stated that he is one. There is no one else besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. So this, this sounds like a, a different, obviously a different person, but I want you to hear Jesus' reaction. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Now that's that's awesome. That's what Jesus is looking for. You're not far. You're not there, but you're not far in that you're moving in the right direction. When you show compassion, you're moving in the right direction. It's all about renewing the mind and renewing the heart transforming yourself to look like Christ. And this is just another one of those things that we need to transform if we're going to be sons and daughters of God. We need to have this kind of compassion. And it's easy to get angry nowadays when you've got the fake news, you've got people on the other side of the aisle politically, you've got all this other stuff that's just bombarding you, and it's easy to forget and get let the little things upset you or anger you, or maybe it just could be something as simple as what God wants you to do in, in extending compassion to those, be someone who may just say, you know, I, I need someone to talk to, or I need somebody to, to, to explain a little passage to me, and it's nothing big deal, it may not take much time, but you may be thinking, well, I don't have time for that, i got to work, i got to do this, i got to take my kids to the baseball game, i got to do all these other things. But God wants you to, at the very least, extend even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones. In fact, in uh, Matthew chapter 10, at the very end of chapter 10, he's talking about how people receive uh, 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 Jesus through us. And he says in verse 42, And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water to drink. Truly, I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. And even one of these little ones, those little ones, this this is not um, an actual child. He's talking about those who are babes in Christ. I want to use the word immature. I know some people don't like that term, but it, it it's it's what he's saying. Those who are not as mature as you are in Christ. They may not know everything, they're, and they're, they're seeking to know. And he's saying, even giving them a cup of cold water. And a cup of cold water is something simple. It's really easy. Anyone can give a cup of cold water. It doesn't take much effort. Just give them a little bit. Stop and answer their question. Show a little compassion and mercy to them, even if it's just a couple of minutes out of, out of your time for the day. Do that. And if you do that, you will not lose your reward. The opposite of that, what's being implied here, if you don't do that, if you don't, you will lose your reward. Think about that. Let us redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity, no matter how insignificant it may seem. Show compassion and mercy and fulfill, as James puts it, the royal law. May the Lord bless you in all that you do in his kingdom that you may continue to grow. Thank you for being here with me today, and have a blessed day. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.